What's in a brand? For small businesses, branding is essential. Many entrepreneurs are becoming more and more comfortable branding their ideas, their unique products and services, and themselves as the backbone of their businesses. Executive producer Michael Womble and I talk about the brands that have been around for years, some brick and mortar stores, and other brands we have seen and experienced on our home TV screens. And after a brief walk down memory lane, we would love to introduce you to business owner Anika Granderson. We'll wrap up Women's History Month with her powerful story and how she used her brand as a Shopify queen to become one of social media's top influencers on Clubhouse and IG. Come and be inspired, y'all. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by nbnconnect.com. Learn more about how to network and subscribe to the NBN newsletter today. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. I want my MTV, MTV, MTV. Yeah, too much is never enough. Val, when's the last time you watched MTV? It's been some years, Mr. Womble. So I just turned to MTV and there's some show on there called Ridiculousness. And I feel like the ridiculousness is me waiting for music on MTV. Isn't that what MTV stands for? Music television? It stood for it in 1980 when it started. 81. So so video both killed the radio star and the music video star. And now we just left with ridiculousness. TLC. What's TLC? The Learning Channel. Yeah. The Learning Channel. But it seems like I, I get to learn about little people and people selling um, junk. Hoarders. It doesn't seem very educational. Both TLC and MTV started out one way and they are something different. They had kept their name, but they have obviously (laughs) rebranded. And that happens a lot in business, doesn't it? Rebranding? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. All my life, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't call themselves that anymore. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's now just the initials of Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's KFC. So in like 50 years, do you think they're going to like, what, like be a a karate, like uh, fighting, like championship school? I mean, I guess they could because as long as they're KFC. So McDonald's, I went into McDonald's and do do you know what McDonald's has on their menu? What do they have on their menu? So the hamburger capital they started with the McDonald brothers making hamburgers for you to enjoy. They have a, now a wide selection of salads. I just have a salad. And then in the morning, you know what they want? They, they, they got for you? Coffee. I've heard that McDonald's coffee is actually very good. 
Yeah, but they shouldn't have it. Like, <laughs> it's McDonald's. Like, it's not called McDonald's coffee. There are a bunch of places that are called coffee places, and they do offer coffee, but they don't have, like, hamburgers and cheeseburgers and Big Macs. So this idea of branding, we can, we'll offer you what you want, however you want it. I think the biggest case of that, and I'm told that you were earlier on to this trend, was the whole red box versus Netflix thing. That you were early to Netflix? At the time, it was Netflix versus Blockbuster Video. You remember that? The perfect video store. Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. Well, there's still one in Bend, Oregon, as seen in the, the documentary on Netflix, ironically, <laughs> right? So they rebranded. I mean, we would go to the Red Box, because that was what it was called, and it was outside the Jewel or wherever, and mm-hmm. you put in your card, and they give you a, what do they call them things? DVD? DVD. Remember DVD? So they used Back to give you a DVD. Day. DVD from Redbox. And then I knew people fancy like you who had Netflix and you would like send off the DVD and the DVD would come to you in the mail. And then remember, or, or or I would have a disc from Netflix, play it in my PlayStation 3 and stream. So this guy named Reed, this guy named Reed Hastings, who was the head of Netflix, I remember this because it was at that time when Redbox and Netflix were competing. He was, people asked him, it's like, well, why are you calling your company Netflix? I mean, Redbox makes sense, right? Great yeah, brands. They had a red box out in front of a store. You would go to the red box and you would get your DVD. It's like there was no, like w- there was no net to catch you for Netflix, but he he had this idea that one day people would stop going out to a box when it was cold and wet or rainy or wintry, and they just wanted to stay home, and that they would use their computers to stream video, and people thought that was ridiculous. Turns out, even though for the first couple of years, Netflix didn't really use the net in Netflix, they still <laughs> used the mail like Redbox, mm-hmm. that they were in the best position to rebrand themselves or actually keep their brand and rebrand the service that they gave out. They eventually phased out giving DVDs and then they went strictly streaming and 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 they became an app too they became an app too yeah and of course redbox followed them oh wait they didn't so there's still red boxes out there you may see them depending on where you are in the country but i can tell you that one day they will go the way of blockbuster well there may be one that you can drive to in bend oregon because every business has to figure out how to rebrand itself. And whether or not the business is 200 employees 
or 20 employees or two or just yourself. You are the entrepreneur. You might need to app, find a way to rebrand yourself. And that's what we have today in the podcast, right? Excitingly, yes, we do. We have Anika Grandison. So today's guest has rebranded herself, right? Moving from focus on our physical form to selling CMOS and masterclasses through ex an expanding platform called Shopify. And how many followers does she have on Clubhouse? 10, over 10,000 followers. And she has built her business from being just herself and working at a bank to now she is making bank. She was able to quit her job at the bank to make bank. So meet Anika Granderson. She is the Shopify queen. And Anika is coming up next on Interludes. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble, Coach Tony, and Val the Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music, movies, and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and welcome to another edition of Interludes. I am very happy to introduce you to someone who has generated a massive following on Clubhouse and Instagram with selling CMOS and skincare products and currently holds master classes on teaching folks on how to use the platform Shopify. In some circles, she's known as the Snatch Queen, yet I became fascinated with her updated nickname, the Shopify queen. Please welcome Anika Grandison. How are you? Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yay. Oh my God. You are one of the women that I think of when people are trying to be inspired to do things. And we're in March. March is Women's History Month. Can you name a woman who has inspired you? Absolutely. I can name a few, but I'll just start off with my mom. My mom is, is my inspiration. Um, she just supports everything I do. <laughs> so she's one of my biggest supporters. Um, also, my auntie, Miss Rosemary, she's also my supporter. Anything I want, um, she supports me. So it's very important to have individuals around, especially women, that's going to support and uplift you. Exactly. And as I mentioned at the top, where did the name Snatch Queen come from? Is this an example of reclaiming language otherwise diverse and making it empowering? Absolutely. Um, I'll just share my story real quick uh, because I feel like a lot of individuals could connect with me. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, we get so busy, so wrapped up in life. And mm -hmm. I was just working, mm -hmm. working, hustling, hustling. Um, at some point, I, I gained so much weight. 
I didn't know where the weight came from. I didn't really understand it. And I, I think I was in depression, but you know, depression, but still working. And I was 203 pounds. I have fibroids. I ended up in the hospital having to have surgery on my 30th birthday. I was in the hospital and that was my wake up call. And I said, I have to lose weight. Uh, my son needs me. I have to live for him. So after that surgery, I'm out of the hospital. I try to find different weight loss thing that would work for me. Nothing worked, but I found something that worked was my smoothie detox. Um, that my sister gave me some recipes. I reinvent them and I started using them. Lost 46 pounds in five months. And then after that, I was like, wait, I could help other individuals losing weight. They're um, they're struggling to, you know, fibroids is a big issue in our community. And I just started sharing. I put it in a book and I called my company. I was like, snatch, because my waist got snatched in. I had that Coca-Cola shaped bottle. <laughs> and of course, I'm a queen. I always call myself a queen. So it just made sense just to call, call the company Snatch Queen. Um, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that, by the way. Yeah. And how important is it for women, especially women of color, to monitor weight gain around the stomach? Oh, my God. It's so important because my stomach was getting so big. And, you know, people are asking, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? I'm like, no, I'm just gaining weight. I'm just sexy. I'm plump. Right. It's like you really <laughs> have to attention to your body and how it changes don't ignore it um one of the reasons why my belly was so big too and bloated was because of the fibroids my fibroids was as big as a grapefruit and I had more than one and I did not know what the issue was I just thought I was getting sexy I'm just gaining weight um so we really have to pay attention that's something that that surgery cost me thousands of dollars because I'm an entrepreneur right I had to pay for it out of pocket and that's mm -hmm. something that could have been prevented if I just paid more attention to my body and the mm -hmm. change that were happening and I could have changed my diet I could have changed yeah. my diet instead of having surgery so it's really important to pay attention to your body your body's gonna tell you when something is wrong and we ignore the signs yeah and I and I think CMOS I know nothing about that how did that help and I saw a post from Dr. CB on your IG explain CMOS and what it does it's so funny uh because I'm Jamaican so we grew mm -hmm. up on um Irish mosh we called it it's just really good for your health and one of the key benefits for me it was helping me with my weight loss it helps suppress your appetite so you don't mm -hmm. eat as much and if you don't eat as much in return you end up losing weight um so that was one of the facts I used to just put it in my smoothie or I take a teaspoon a day uh, with the CMOS, but there's so many health benefits to CMOS. But for me personally, I could say it helps with my energy, it helps mm -hmm. with my anxiety and my weight loss. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I, I Wow. That's, in, that's impressive. And w you started your business around, I believe, March of 2019. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And this is, this was an entire year before the pandemic. What has been your biggest challenge in becoming diversified across platforms, including Shopify, with growing your business? You know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, my business started by accident. <laughs> it literally started by accident because I was just trying to lose weight, do better for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I would go live and I would share the smoothies that I make and share the recipe. And people asking me, oh, what it is you do? What is he doing? I was like, bingo, let me put it in the book. <laughs> and... <laughs> put it on Shopify. Um, that was the first platform that I put my business on. Um, it wasn't an easy process, but I reached out 
you know, some of the things that I struggled with in the beginning is I didn't know how to do sales. I didn't really know how to do marketing. I didn't know anything about a logo. I didn't know anything about really branding. I just put it out there, what I had. And I was just so genuine and real that people just took a liking to it. Uh, but some of my struggles are really learning how to run a business and structure myself as a business. So that was one of the, some of the things that, you know, I did struggle with that I'm working on and I fixed. Yeah. And with you, with this accidental entrepreneurship that happened, the grateful thing about growth and, and how you were able to gener generate an income, October of 2021, you were able to quit your full-time job. How did it feel to go ahead and say, hey, I'm out of this. I'm not doing a nine to five. This is what I'm going to do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm the type of person who always wants to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I always want more. I'm just a go-getter. I feel like there's so much more that I could do besides the salary. Um, yeah, I did get paid good. I was working at a bank and I am a licensed financial advisor, uh, ah. but I I'm back. I don't want to be in control. I don't want to be told when to wake up, when to go to lunch, when to eat, when to go on vacation. Um, I don't, I don't like those limitations. So I knew I had to do something at the same time while I had a job. So I always build my business when I had a job. Um, consistently, I made sure for the last year when the pandemic hit, it just forced me to be still. It forced mm -hmm. me to be focused on my business. And that's when my business really took a turn when I really got still and focused. So the pandemic was a blessing and a curse uh, for me personally. Um, so I was able to consistently make at least $10,000 a month. So I knew I had something going. And then Clubhouse came, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and <laughs> once I was consistently building every day, um, you know, my bank went through a transition and I was, I was like, okay, this is it. It's time to go. Um, I didn't like the transition. My business was running smoothly. I knew I had a backup plan. I had more confidence um, in just turning that position down. They even offered me a bonus to stay. And I still said, no, it's time for me to go and really fulfill my purpose. And I could mm -hmm. actually help other entrepreneurs do their business while I run my business. So it was just time to go. You know when it's time to go, but do have a foundation built before you do leave. Yeah, that's very important. And why is it important for people of color to develop their own business in this digital economy? That's a great question. Uh, one of the things I realized is that once you build a business and you have it, it's yours. I could pass my business down to my son. Um, mm -hmm. I just got an appraisal on my website. You know, you could build your digital real estate, your website. You could sell those things. Those are your value. Okay. It may mm -hmm. start up as $29 a month, your website, you're building it. But our website right now today is value over a hundred K. So if I pass away tomorrow, my son could sell my website. Um, he can't sell my job. He can't get my title. They're just going to reposition right. and find somebody else. So it's really important. And that's one thing we're focusing on the youth is helping them build their online business. Now it's so easy. We don't have to have inventory on hand to build a business. Um, we could do drop shipping. I could source you, teach you how to get products. Uh, it's just so many ways to do it. And it's important for us to build something that we could have to get to our next generation and generation. Building wealth is 
so important right now. So the do it in digital is very important because the economy, you know, with brick and mortar is down. So online is the place to be. E-commerce <laughs> is the place to be, guys. <laughs> what is your best advice for anyone struggling with an online business, especially if they're trying to sell products? If you are struggling e-commerce, reach out. Uh, there's so many resources out there. Do not be a lazy entrepreneur. Do not be a lazy entrepreneur. One of the things that helped me become successful because I'm not afraid to spend hours and hours researching for the things I need help with or even paying someone to just help me get to another level. You have to invest in yourself. Reach out to people that are 10 steps or 20 steps ahead of you because the knowledge that they have could save you so much time and money. So if you're struggling, reach out and find help. There's so many resources out there. Latch on to the individuals that are in your field and that are ahead of you. You can do it. You can. Wow. And and that's so empowering, especially coming into this Women's History Month. You are making history on Shopify. And if anyone wanted to find out more about you and either taking a masterclass with you or following you on Clubhouse, where would they go? Absolutely. They can find me on Clubhouse. Just type in my name, Shopify Queen. Um, you can definitely find me on Facebook, Anika Grandison. You just type my name. You'll be able to pull me up. I do have a Facebook um, page there that you could like. And you could also send me emails. Definitely email me at info at theecombuilder.com. You'll be able to find me there. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Wow. Anika Granderson, it has been an honor to talk to you. And I am so encouraged by all that you have accomplished in this short time of three years. Let's go. Yes. And 2022 is going to be the better year. Ah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm Val the Voice Johnson. And this is Interludes. Next time on Interludes. And so the thought process behind a ketogenic lifestyle, like you said, uh, currently it's like the latest weight loss fad and everyone's like keto this, keto that. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's been around for over 100 years. Uh, doctors first discovered keto uh, at the John Hopkins Institute in the 1920s. Hear more about the keto lifestyle with Keto Cooking with Love Master Chef Jose Gonzalez on the next Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by NBNConnect.com. Learn more about how to network with the premier growth platform for established black and urban business owners, professionals, and non-for-profit organizations. Sign up for a free newsletter at nbnconnect.com. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Media.